What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. I'm Dan Malin, joined, as always, by the FSWA two-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, how was your break? Uh, it was... It went by very quickly. The first week we didn't have... Our kids were on vacation without us. We stayed behind and we packed up a bunch of the apartment and crammed... Uh, I crammed a boatload of work in to that week because then I was on vacation for a week. Uh... So, yeah, it went by pretty quick, and then, uh, but I'm excited to get back to it. We get 14 straight weeks of racing for the Cup Series, um, you know, four four weeks in the regular season, and then 10 for the playoffs, so it should be a pretty uh, interesting run for the uh, playoffs here, because there's some key guys that still haven't won a race, um, and so Daytona is shaping up to be really, really spicy in a few weeks. Yeah, we talk about key guys that haven't won a race yet, and Stuart Haas Racing finally gets their first win of the season, albeit with Eric Almarola of all people. But uh, he was in the best bets piece, by the way. <clears throat> there we go. Uh, plus um, eight thousand. I mean, we're always talking about for like short, flat tracks. Uh, what are the implications heading into the? How in trouble are Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick at the moment? Um. I don't know that they're well. Denny Hamlin's not in any trouble because he still, for some reason, somehow I don't know how this <clears> mathematically works out, but he still has the points lead, uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, despite the fact that he hasn't won a race, he has the same number of top fives and top tens as Kyle Larson, who's won four, five races. Um, so I don't really fully understand that one. Also, Larson's won more stages than Hamlin. Um, but, yeah, so I think Hamlin's fine. We're not concerned about Hamlin. Harvick's a little lower down on the points. Um, so we do – we're starting to get a little – I'm not sure that I'm that concerned with Harvick. Um, there is Michigan left. Fords typically do well at Michigan given it's a horsepower track and their, you know, um, their home base is, like, less than an hour from that track. So um, not terribly concerned about Harvick. But there is some crazy stuff that could happen and keep Harvick out of the playoffs at this point. Yeah. What big news have we seen over the last couple of weeks? We got some solidified jobs for 2022, correct? Uh, yeah. So the biggest news was who was going to take over the additional track house ride. Because um, they, if we harken back to when they bought Chip Ganassi Racing, they said, look, we're only racing one of those cars. We're going to be a two-car team. We're keeping the 99. Uh, so one of the Ganassi cars wasn't going to be on the track. The 42 car will be uh, no more as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the one car they just announced, I believe it was yesterday, uh, that Ross Chastain will be the full-time driver of the one car next year. So the track house duo of Suarez and Chastain will be what it is, which means Kurt Busch is now the biggest name free agent on the market. Um and, you know, a lot of rumors continue to fly that he'll wind up as the second car for 23-11 racing uh, to pair up with uh, Bubba there. Still not 100% sure if that's coming to fruition or not. Um, he could, I guess, wind up with a part-time gig for colleague, too, because we don't know what the other part of the schedule, aside from A.J. Allmendinger, is going to be for that two-car team. Um but yeah, we could. It'll be interesting. Um, Kislowski was officially named the driver of the six car 
at uh, Roush Fenway Kislowski, which I don't know if they're coming up with an abbreviation, but it'd be RFK if they did. Um, so that leaves Newman uh, without a ride. We kind of all expect him to retire at this point. Um, and then there's some rumblings about if Tyler Reddick will be back with RCR. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, but I'm not 100% sure on that. What kind of... Uh, I think it'd be really hard to see Reddick take a step down, like back to Xfinity. Is it possible I think he'll that, get a deal done with RCR. Like a, okay. Well, I would hate to see him go I to mean, the other a lesser team. De Benedetto, but I think Reddick is more upside than De Benedetto the last. Reddick is a lot more upside than De Benedetto. And he's also younger, and yeah. you can continue to build. And he and Austin Dillon seem to have a pretty good rapport. So um, I don't see Reddick going anywhere. Um, odder things have happened, though. Um, so we'll have to see because there's there's still a lot in flux. There may be some, you know, another twenty three eleven car coming in. There might be a new team still. Uh, you know, getting started or adding two. Um, I don't see, um, you know, I don't see an additional car coming for Penske. I don't see an additional car coming for Roush. Uh, I don't see an additional RCR car coming. So that's all still up in the air. All right. want to just talk about this weekend schedule i can honestly say real quick i have not looked at truck or xfinity slates yet um i know prices just came out probably a couple hours ago we're recording it is still this. early in the week I yeah mean. and so <clears throat> both playbooks um core plays all that uh they'll be available saturday morning i apologize if i cough at all i'm coming down from uh bronchitis it's not covid all my tests have come back negative but i cannot shake this damn cough I know how that goes. Um, I had bronchitis every year from like sixth grade until like junior senior year in high school, if not till like freshman year of college. So it's not it's not that great. It's not fun. Um, me personally, I just ran it off and it you know broke it up. But I don't know. I also felt like dying halfway through a run doing that. So <laughs> it's not really that advised. Um, in terms of schedule for the Cup Series, I posted that. I posted the content schedule in the Discord channel. So, like always, you can go ahead and uh, check that out. And um, soon here, as we transition to football, um, the Discord in general is going to be becoming more of a premium service, just as a heads up. So, uh, if you want to get in on that, you'll have to be a subscriber to FA, and we have great deals going on all the time. Uh, the NASCAR contents generally always on sale so you can get it for for pretty reasonable prices um but yeah the content schedule is in the discord channel there for nascar um but yeah as always you know track breakdown thursday dfs rankings and projections friday playbook best bet saturday core plays and race day updates on sunday so um that's kind of the lay of the land for watkins Glen. we get another road course this week all right, well, let's just transition right to Chase Elliott because you have to talk about him on any road course. <clears throat> uh, and he had news following uh, New Hampshire, too, because they got hit with an L1 penalty. That's and true. Um, now, the eight teams. <clears throat> should we be concerned a little bit about Hendrick Motorsports cars? Because Big Day in the chat did note, did note a couple weeks ago that uh nascar was starting to come down on the hendrick cars they didn't like something on the front end and so they've had to adjust it get rid of it and now we're seeing uh 
Elliott and his, his teammate getting hit with pretty significant penalty. Yeah, they lost some points uh, in owner and driver standings. I think the uh, at the double check of his crew chief suspended or not, there were some com- conflicting reports there if the driver or the crew chief or whatever would be suspended. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty significant. I mean, it's an L one penalty; it's the the highest level of penalty they can give you. Um, so that's that's not a great look. Obviously, we know that Chase is the road course master at this point. He's just flat out dominated them, um, except for like two of the last seven. He's won them. Uh, <laughs> one Road America in in style, like wasn't even. He was easily the class of the field at Road America. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, he's going to be chalky again. He's going to be the expensive guy. He's going to be chalk, especially since I believe he's starting what 11th in the field. Correct. Um, again, we do have the starting orders. They were set by the formula, um, you know, that takes into account how you did in the last race, uh, point standings, fastest laps and, uh, whatnot. So he's starting 11th, um, That'll give him some nice PD potential because he is very, very good at road courses. In fact, the last time they raced at Watkins Glen in 2019, Chase Elliott led like 80 of the 90 laps. Um, So, yeah, he's going to be the chalky, expensive guy. His teammate, Alex Bowman, was also hit with the L1 penalty. He's a little bit less solid of a road racer. Um, Of course, everybody's a little bit less solid of a road racer than Chase Elliott. Um, but, you know, it is still something to watch and see exactly what that penalty is going to do to him. Bowman's been solid at Watkins Glen, not spectacular. Um, but over the last 10 road races, he's moved up a few spots. Just a hand, just a couple of top fives, though. So he he might feel the brunt of the penalty a little bit more than Chase Elliott. Um, is Kyle Busch the easy chalk this week? He's the most expensive driver at, I believe, 10900 on DraftKings, but he's also starting P20 because of uh, the disastrous start at New Hampshire for both him and Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, that was a number. We, we glossed over the fact that they absolutely should not have started the New Hampshire race because um, they, they were literally yelling at race control that it was raining and the track was still wet. Uh, and somehow they decided that even though they didn't have rain tires on the cars, that they should start the race. Um, I will say Kyle Busch did not get in trouble for um, intentionally hitting the pace car. Uh, so that was kind of nice to see a little bit of a, you know, slackening of the uh, penalties there for Kyle Busch. But yes, he will start 20th. He'll be pretty chalky too, because again, he's got position differential upside. He's a pretty he's good, a good road racer in his own right. Um, and the JGR cars have looked a lot faster of late than they did at the beginning of the season. Um, and keep in mind, the 750 horsepower package has been very good for JGR in general. Um, and that's what they're in this week as a road course. Um, what's your read on MTJ? Obviously, we love targeting him for road courses. It's been a hot minute since he's won a race. Um, he looked really good at Sonoma. And then at Road America on July 4th, he started ninth, finished ninth, and it was just kind of a ho-hum day. Yeah, there was some craziness there, though, if I remember correctly. Um, he got shifted back, I think, at least once. Um, 
and started, you know, he started and finished in the same spot. Not not great, um, but it is a top ten. It's something to take into account. Also, keep in mind, he'd never run that track before. Like, not in Xfinity, not in – he'd never run that track. So, um, that's pretty solid. Now we're moving to a track where he has won at. Um, in fact, he's finished first or second each of the last three or four years there. Um, so – you know, that's something to keep in mind. Um, and again, it's a road course. It's the 750 horsepower. He's going to be a factor. Like, I know it's been a while since he won. I think it was, what, Darlington is the last one that he actually won. Um, but, yeah, he, he's going to be a factor this week. Uh, what about uh, Kurt Busch? For Road America, a lot of the hype going into that race was that, that he actually prides himself on being a pretty good road racer. He started 16th, which is right around <clears throat> where he's starting uh, this weekend. Uh, and for that race, he finished fourth, uh, hit 6X value. Now he's priced up at $10,000 this time around. Um, still has PD on his side. Uh, one thing we have not touched on uh, is DK pricing this week because this is actually one of the better jobs they've done Uh yeah. really trying to make you go in different ways for GPPs. <clears throat> but how do you feel about Kurt Busch this week? Uh, I like Kurt Busch. Um, again, he did get the win a couple of weeks ago um, at Atlanta. He had a dominating race uh, there. Came back, didn't look so great um, at New Hampshire. But again, that's not one of his better tracks in general. Um he did look really good at Road America, um, you know, prior to that. And at Sonoma, he started 30th and finished 6th. Um, didn't look great at, um, well, let me put it this way. He was very <laughs> adept at avoiding people at Coda because he had that phenomenal drive into the Off sand the track, yeah. where he missed his brother and, who else, Kevin Harvick maybe? He missed two guys. <laughs> went straight into the sand. It was one of the most impressive 27th place finishes I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly, right? So <laughs> we can't really count that against him. But he's been, he's been a pretty good road racer this year. And now, again, we still have the, yes, he made the playoffs, but he's, you know, still pushing for the best car he can get uh, at this point. So going down the stretch, it's going to be important for him to keep putting up solid finish after solid finish. So I have no problem playing uh, Kurt Busch aside from that 27th place. He had, he's finished in the top six in five, uh, sorry, four of the last five road races and the 27th place slide out at Coda is the only one that he didn't get. Is there anyone in the top range that you want to talk about? I feel like with road courses, we just talk about the same drivers over and over. I mean, I don't want to like preview every driver, I mean, we could talk about the the what we're doing with the Penske trio because they're one, two, three in the okay. starting grid. That's a good which starting point. I don't really understand why per se because I um I don't really remember them having a spectacular New Hampshire race. I think it was solid. I mean, I know Kislowski was up there challenging for the lead for uh, a decent amount of it. Um, but really, to get them up to one, two, three in the formula, that was kind of surprising. So, um, I would say of those three, that Logano is the best road racer of them. 
Um, now, you've got Kozlowski on the pole. Usually the pole sitter at a road course does has a pretty decent shot of leading some laps. Perhaps light aren't isn't a huge factor this week because there's 90 of them. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a solid enough uh, road racer. Um, he's got a couple of top tens in the last four races at Watkins Glen. Um, you know, Blaney's got a pretty similar record, um, slightly better, and basically the same average finish. He moves up a little better. Not going to matter when you're starting third, though. Um, and then Logano's problem is he caught on with Kyle Busch a couple of different times and got into scuffles with him. Otherwise, he should have several more uh, top tens than he actually does here. So um, if we're just going strictly based off of track history, I think Logano actually sneaks in as a guy who's under the radar because people will remember him crashing out and getting into scuffles with Kyle Busch more than they'll remember that he's actually a pretty good road racer. Uh, are you playing Kyle Larson? I don't see why we wouldn't at this point. I mean, he's proven that he can that he's good anywhere. Mm-hmm. The five car wasn't penalized. Um, yeah, did he not run well at New Hampshire? Sure, but that's that's. I mean, it's not been the best track for Hendrick Motorsports in general to begin with. So you got to kind of take that into account, but. Larson, uh, you know, he's looked good at road courses. He won at Sonoma, right? So, um, finished second at Coda. Uh, Not so great at at Road America, but again, I don't believe he ever drove that track, so. Uh, What about Kevin Harvick? Um, We've reached the point where Kevin Harvick is only $200 more than Chase Briscoe. Yeah, that's <clears throat> and Chase Briscoe offers a ton of PD. Is this a is this a week where we're probably assuming that Briscoe is a safer play than Kevin Harvick just based on the PD and the pricing? I mean, Harvick starts fifth, right, and Briscoe is going to start uh, what twenty seventh? Uh, yes, I'd take that free two hundred dollars for twenty two spots of PD, um, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not like Harvick's a terrible road course racer. He's not. He just doesn't do much. Yeah. He just kind of hangs out and runs the laps and gets a solid finish, right? Great for your shot at a championship run, right? Great at boosting your starting spot for the next race. Great for getting all of the actual, like, cup points that you can get. Not so helpful for DFS. Right, solid finishes at that price range don't necessarily give you the the oomph that we're looking for there in the mid range. Uh, meanwhile, you know Briscoe, you know, sure he's never run Watkins Glen in the Cup Series. However, in his four Cup Series road races, he's posted an average PD of eleven spots a race. And he's looked better in this package overall. Yeah, his average start, by the way, at road races in the Cup Series is 26.3. He's starting 27, so kind of on the dot there. Yeah. Right? The last time he started 27th, he finished 6th. <laughs> so I'll take the free 200 bucks and the 22 spots of position differential. 
Is there anybody in the mid range that you're looking at? I'm trying to really, I really don't want to. By the way, uh, DraftKings, I think they need to fix some stuff because they've got Kevin Harvick in the four car, uh, and his team is are. Well, for Martin Truex Jr., I was actually noticing this as I was clicking through some of the profiles. Martin Truex Jr. apparently races for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's racing in the truck series, I guess. Uh, let's see. Chase Elliott. Oh, GMS Racing. That stinks for you. Um, they say Chase Briscoe races for Roper Racing. Check hey, out. Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch races for Kyle Busch Motorsports. That's fitting. They at least have Eric Elmerola correct. Yeah, I think they uh, I think they screwed up here and put the uh, <laughs> and put the truck teams match the wrong numbers for the Cup Series. Uh, we digress, but yeah, I'll take Chase Briscoe over Kevin Harvick <clears throat> and Alex um, Bowman. By the way, he's three hundred bucks cheaper than Bowman. Uh, what's your read on Ryan Newman this week? It seems like every week it could potentially be Newman chalk, and then uh, <clears throat> you know he can't even get a top twenty. Yeah, he's starting twenty eighth. Right, so the old rule of thumb with Newman is if he's starting outside the top 20, we play him. If he's starting inside the top 20, we don't. Here's the problem. It's a road course. Yeah, it hasn't been, hasn't been great. He's got nothing left to race for at this point because unless he wins, which everybody else on the track would have to crash out for that to happen, uh, he's not making the playoffs. He's not sniffing the playoffs. Uh, and I'm pretty sure nobody's going to hire him even if he doesn't want to retire at the end of this year. So... He's, he's, you know, he's enjoying his time in the six car, but on road races, he's not exactly the most dependable. In fact, in the last uh, four here, um, hasn't been, hasn't been great for Newman. The last four races at Watkins Glen, uh, no finish better than 16th. And when he finished 16th, he started eighth. So that's not great. Um, he's not exactly the guy you depend on on road courses. Um, <clears throat> one guy who's kind of sticking out to me uh, is Austin Dillon at just 6,100. Um, he doesn't strike me as a road course racer, but I like the starting spot starting 16th. Um, I do anticipate a decent amount of ownership on him, though, but I think that the price tag is just a little too cheap for a driver uh, as experienced as him. And I still think he could get a top 12 and he's only 6,100. I mean, this is a guy that we're normally seeing in the high 7K range. Agreed. Agreed. And by the way, your feeling on him being able to get a top 12, he's finished 12th, 13th, and 11th in the last three road, road races. Look at that. Look at me go. So he started 16th, 6th, and 37th to pull those off. So, um you know, do with that what you will. The sixth place, starting sixth and finishing 13th came at Sonoma, which is not generally his best road track. Um, but he did move up well at uh, both Coda and Road America. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he's had a resurgent year for sure in that three car. Um, and he's still pushing for a spot in the playoffs because he's not, he's not in yet. So, um yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to win, but a right. solid finish certainly you. pays value here. Um, any other drivers you're looking at in the value range? I know we do not go to Bubba Wallace at a road course. Nope, he doesn't uh, like to turn right. 
How do you feel about Custer or Ricky Stenhouse, 6,500, 6,300 respectively, both starting, uh, oh, 18th for Stenhouse, 19th for Custer? Yeah, I mean, they're both, they've been both been okay at, at the last handful of road races, right? Like, Custer's got six under his belt in the Cup Series. He's only nabbed one top 10. He's got a couple of top 15s in there. Um, his average starting spot is actually 19.8, so he's pretty close to his average starting spot. Um, but his average finish is also 19.5, so he basically doesn't move anywhere. Stenhouse is pretty close to that, too. He starts on average 22.6 in the last 10 road races, finishes about 21st. Um, doesn't have any top 10s in road courses. In fact, that that's generally kind of his thing is it he has solid drives he actually manages to keep it on track but doesn't really move up that much so i mean if you want to sprinkle him in i guess to be different we can but i'm not i'm not looking for a whole lot from those two uh if we want to go down a little bit you and i were having a debate between james davison and Corey lajoy before the pod started mm-hmm. um about which one we would rather go with and i think i'm actually on your side on this one i was just tossing james davison in there because he's got open wheel experience i just i just I the don't... equipment does suck though. <laughs> it's awful Rickware equipment is pretty <clears throat> bad uh cory lajoy seems to be pretty good at road courses this package in general has done him some some nice favors uh and he's been able to move up a decent amount at previous road races this year so I guess in that one, I'd probably lean a little bit more LaJoy, but I wouldn't hesitate to sprinkle in a little bit of James Davison. <clears throat> See, my issue was like when I was initially looking at the starting order, and I understand James Davison can't really go backwards because he's starting 36th. But at the same time, when I'm just looking at his DFS output, uh, six points at New Hampshire, 12 at Road America, 10 uh, for the second Pocono race. Like his ceiling seems like it's kind of like 20 points. And then, but he's probably more likely to get you somewhere in the teens for DFS points. And I can just look at Corey LaJoy. And if he's starting farther back, I have a little more faith in him at least finishing in the top 25, which I can't really say the same about James Davison, regardless of the open wheel road course experience. I mean, in, in just what I've seen this year, Corey LaJoy at 5,800 is offering a, pretty decent floor so i just think he's he's by far the safer driver yeah i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight you too hard on that i probably lean more lajoy but sprinkle in some davison uh since they're both about the same price and they both offer about the same pd upside um i would say that the higher upside is certainly with lajoy i do think they have a I guess a similar floor, I would say LaJoy's floor is a little higher. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at road courses like at, at um, Coda, LaJoy started 25th and finished 20th at 5,200. That was good for 28 points. So uh, Sonoma started 22nd, finished 18th at six grand for 29 points. And uh, Road America started 23rd, finished 21st for 23 points at 5,400. So... <clears throat> Got a reasonable shot to hit 5x. Uh, are there any drivers that you wanted to touch on, or should we just talk a little strategy? Um, no, I mean, I don't want to give away the store here. Yeah, I hear you. 
I mean, you'll see some other guys in the playbook that we did not yet talk about on the podcast. Um, for sure. But, yeah, strategy this week, it's going to be a lot of finishing position and a lot of position differential. Like, lamps led aren't going to factor that much. Sure, we can look to get some on the roster, but it's not like um, at New Hampshire where you basically need a lamps led dominator to have a shot. Yeah. Um, there's only 90 laps in this race. Um, the last time they were there, yes, we saw Chase Elliott lead 80 laps, and if you didn't have him on your roster, you weren't going to wind up winning a tournament, but you could still cash without him on the roster if you got the guys that moved up well. Um, that's kind of the name of the game at road courses is, you know, we're not taking all of the guys starting far back and hoping they're going to move up because road courses, you tend to be able to hold your position a little better. Um, but, you know, and you could, we could see some chaos this weekend too, because again, there's no practice. Uh, they haven't raced on it in two years. <clears throat> Same thing with, with True. you know, Sonoma, and we saw Good chaos point. at Sonoma. Um, and so, you know, and you've got Watkins Glen isn't normally this late in the season, I don't feel like. I feel like usually it's earlier in the summer. Um, and now with the two weeks and everybody's like, okay, we got a home stretch. We got four races. And you can't count on Daytona, so it's really only three races that are in your control. And two of them are road the, courses. Two of them are road courses because it's Watkins Glen this week, and then what, Indy Road next week? Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, then it's Michigan, which is a two-mile uh, track, pretty standard, though Ford usually dominates there. And then it's the wild card of Daytona, and we all know what happens there. So uh, there's really only three races that are in these guys' control, and if you're close to the bubble and you need a win. I mean, there are certain guys that are outside the bubble that absolutely need a win to make it. Like Matt DiBenedetto's going to be one. Um, CR. You know, who? CR. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, if Redick has any hope of making the playoffs, he's got to get a win. Um, Same for Dylan, though, right? Yeah, same for Austin Dillon for sure. Um, so, you know, you've got these these uh, guys that are going to need wins to make the playoffs. And they're not going to really want to show up to Daytona and try to, like, get it at the last minute. Uh, so it could be a little bit chaotic on Sunday. <clears throat> very what's, well your, uh, what's your read on bankroll management this week? Because we're coming off of... By the time this race happens on Sunday, it'll have been like three weeks since we've had our NASCAR DFS fix. Do you, do you think it's okay to go a little heavier with, with NASCAR's return? Because for DFS purposes, road courses have been pretty easy to read. Right. Um, I mean, it, it, everyone across the industry just seems to target the PD plays that, and play a lot of cash games. I like I love road courses for cash games. Yeah. Um, you can hit GPPs. Um, I hit the $50 single entry for Sonoma because I benefited from the wreck in the final turn. But for the most part, my bread and butter with <clears throat> uh, road courses has just been cash games, and I'm fine taking a double up. Um, do you think it's it's an okay week to possibly go a little bit heavier uh, since we've conserved our bankroll the last couple of weeks with no racing? 
Yeah, I would also say that this is a better week to go heavier on rather than, say, like, next week at Indy Road, where none of those guys have ever driven that track, except for the guys that came up from Infinity, right? Like Chase Briscoe, I think Custer's, did Custer drive it? Maybe not. Uh, Cindric Um, might be running it, too. Cindric might be running it. Um, Haley ran it. That's true. That's true. So we could see some Xfinity guys up in a part-time role next weekend at Indy Road, but the Cup guys have never driven that track. Uh, So they will get practice. We will see that. Um, But you also have to keep in mind that that takes a little bit of the um, edge off of, you know, if you have practice and you see a guy, okay, he had a really good practice and a real bad qualifying session, that guy all of a sudden immediately becomes chalk. Right. Or vice versa. You know that he's a decent GPP play because people are going to be off of him because he had a bad practice and a good qualifying. You know, that takes some of the edge away from just knowing the field, knowing how they work well in packages, knowing, you know, whatnot. So I would say that this week is a pretty decent week to go a little heavier on. Um, I would stick more. It's a more cash game friendly week for me this week than GPPs, especially with the way pricing is on DK. Um, you got about a million different ways to build the lineup on DK this week. It's probably the best DFS pricing week they've had, certainly all season, but maybe maybe in the last like five years. Um, it's it's pretty pretty well priced. Um, and those of you gearing up to use bankroll. For NFL, I would start just playing cash games and try to double up and get as much bankroll for week one uh, as, as possible. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you this week and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.